1: Today, we're in 2 Samuel 13 through 18. Yesterday in chapter 12, we saw the son of David who was born to Bathsheba, the woman that he cheated with. That son died as a result of David's sin against Bathsheba and against Uriah, her husband, who David had killed on on the battlefield. And we talked about how... This sin that David committed would have consequences that are far-reaching. They would impact David for the rest of his life. They would impact the people of Israel. And really, they would put a stain on David's otherwise uh, superb kingship, his superb leadership. He is the standard-bearer for an earthly king. However, he has failed egregiously, and he has made all of us aware of the fact that an earthly king just won't do an earthly king, even a good one like David, is gonna is gonna fail. And an earthly king will never truly and accurately represent the one true God. And so we're gonna see the consequences of David's sin just spill out for these next few chapters. He's got a son named Amnon, and Amnon has a stepsister named Tamar, and he asks to see Tamar, he ends up raping. Tamar, his stepsister, well, there's another brother, Absalom, David's son, Absalom, who hears about this and is infuriated about what has been done to Tamar, and so he murders Amnon, and then he flees because he knows that his dad, the king, is going to be upset that he murdered his son, even though it was supposedly retribution for what he had done against Tamar, but he flees And then in chapter 14, we see Absalom, the son of David, who honestly is probably the odds-on favorite to take the throne at this point. He's probably the guy who's most likely to succeed David as king at this point in the narrative. Finally comes back to Jerusalem, and David is faced with this dilemma. David loves his son and wants to forgive him like a father would, but he's also the king who needs to execute justice, and David is torn between these two extremes and honestly he just doesn't really get it right. There's a preacher named Colin Smith who's been to the Cedar Falls Bible Conference before and he preaches a great sermon on on 2 Samuel chapter 14 that I'm going to link in the episode notes would encourage you to listen to it if you want more about this. But he said David tried 3 attempts to reconcile with Absalom in chapter 14. First of all, he attempted love without justice. That doesn't work. Second, he attempted mercy without access. That doesn't work. Third, he attempted pardon without repentance. None of that works. As it turns out, Absalom creates a conspiracy against his father David to try to usurp the throne, to try to take the throne. He puts together some guys, and they try to kill David. David flees. David ends up getting some guys, and they end up killing Absalom, and that takes us through chapter 18. In chapter 18, there's a very familiar passage where David finds out about the death of his son. And in verse 33 of chapter 18, the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would I had died instead of you? Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. So here, here you have David, who's kind of this type of, of God. He's, he's this king. He's a representative of God. He's not a God, but he's a representative of God. And he has this rebellious son who has offended him, who has sinned against him, who's been belligerent, who has tried to usurp him and take his power, who's been jealous of him. Yet when Absalom dies, David wishes that he could have died in his place. And amidst all this mess This is, in fact, a glimpse into the heart of the one true God. See, because God, the creator, the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who set apart the Israelite people to be his children, has had nothing except obstinate children who've been unfaithful and disobedient and stiff-necked against him. God the Father knows what it's like to have rebellious children That's what the Israelite people have been through the whole Old Testament. And in this statement from David, we get a glimpse of the heart of God. Would I had died instead of you, O Absalom? For it's a fact that God himself did come up with a way to reconcile to his children that does work. And it involved him dying in the person of Jesus Christ instead of the children themselves. Back in chapter 14, and Colin Smith talks about this in his sermon, chapter 14, verse 14, it says, God devises means so that the banished one will not remain an outcast. It's a great foreshadowing of the gospel. Here we've got a God who has obstinate, stiff-necked, rebellious children, and he's going to devise a plan so that through the perfect life of Jesus Christ, his own son, God Himself, He'll go to the cross. He'll pay for the sins, the obstinance, the stiff neckedness, the disobedience, the offense that we are guilty of. He'll die. He'll rise from the dead, overcoming sin, death, the power of the devil. And He'll set it up so that anyone who would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they can have love with justice because the justice was taken care of by Christ on the cross. They can have mercy with access to God, which is only through Christ. And they can have pardon based on repentance because it's through repentance that we come to faith in Jesus Christ who saves us from our sin and who reconciles us to a Father who perfectly holds love and justice together. What a great gospel. What a messy story in 2 Samuel that still illuminates the truth of who Christ is and the truth of the heart of God. Lord, thank you for your love and your justice and for taking care of it for us when we couldn't ourselves. Help us to be good representatives of Christ so that others can know his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, and so that others can know peace with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.